Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Final Score Podcast. Craig Swatsack of the Frederick News Post Sports Department uh, here with you. Frederick News Post, uh, easy, easy for me to say. Uh, and on this week's episode, we'll have uh, William S.K., uh, the former Urbana soccer star uh, who recently participated in the soccer tournament. And his team ended up winning a million dollars in the winner-take-all 32-team event down in uh, Cary, North Carolina at the start of June. Uh, so look forward to talking to William about uh, playing in that tournament and then what plans he has uh, for his share of the million dollars. Uh, it was split uh, among everyone on the team. So I uh, look forward to having him on a few, in a few minutes. But as always for our uh, opening segment here, uh, my, my colleague here at the FNP, Alexander Dacey, joins me. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Greg? Um, I am doing well as well. And uh, point of order here, because we had some information. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked about Trey Lipscomb uh, the, the last time you were on the podcast uh, last week. And there have been some updates uh, w- w- with Trey since then. So, uh, so do share the updates with Trey. So not even 24 hours after we recorded that segment, uh, and I kind of jokingly said, unless something happens in the next week and a half, I'm going to see him in Wilmington. Uh, Trey Lipscomb did get called up to AA Harrisburg, and he's been starting there for the last about week and a half now. So yeah, so I'm going to see him in Harrisburg next week instead of uh, instead of uh, Wilmington this week. But uh, he he got, he's been called up and he's been starting most of the games, uh, most of their games at third base, and he's he's been hitting uh, after a shaky first couple of days. He's been hitting pretty well. Was this a surprise call up? I partially. Um, however, Brady House, who is you know again who is their top prospect, but he is currently behind. Uh, uh, Trey in, in, in the organization, um, he was ready to get caught up and it's like, you're not, you're not going to double bunk them at, at a high A. So if, you know, one goes up, the other kind of has to go up as well. And also in that regard, you know, Trey, Trey was hitting well enough at, at, at high A Wilmington that him making the jump to double A is not going to be, it's a kind of a natural transition, even if it is a little bit of a quick one, if that makes sense. Right. And he'll likely spend the rest of the season in Double A now. Uh, at this point, yeah. Okay. Um, McManus. So we have we have we have we have the draft coming up. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you heard any more about what his uh, uh, prospects look like? I think Maryland changed its baseball coach. Uh, so have you have you had a chance to speak with him about that yet? Just just where does where where do things stand with Joey McManus right now? So I have not had a chance to speak with him uh, about that since uh, since the coaching change. Um, yeah, so Rob Vaughn, the Maryland baseball coach, got hired by Alabama and uh, it's taken some of his staff with him. Uh, so, but they but they did promote from within Matt Swope, who's their longtime hitting coach, is now the Maryland uh, head coach, and all the players really like him. So it's it, it is an in house uh, in house uh, change uh, or I guess in house promotion. Um, for, for, for Matt Swope. So I've not talked to Joey about that since, uh, since that happened. I'm planning to do that probably next week or the week after because the draft is uh, uh, July 9th through the 11th. So that's a couple a uh, couple weeks away. It's kind of wild how fast things are coming up. But Yeah, uh, I, I, I was just going to say, I mean, th- this summer, it, it's a real lazy sort of pace, but then things sneak up on you pretty fast. You think, oh, I have time for that. I, oh, I have time for that. And then all of a sudden, like, it's here. It's here all of a sudden. So... It's just it's just weird in the summer because just the pace of everything is off, and and, and you're and you're right the, the the draft will be here uh, before we all know it. So, 
Um, so, so we're picking all, all area teams right now. Uh, you have baseball. Your baseball team's pretty much decided. Uh, is, is it a spoiler to say who your player of the year is going to be? Um, it, it, I mean, I don't like to generally say it ahead of time. But okay, I, I, you, I, you, you don't have to if you don't want. I, to. I will say it's fairly obvious. Like I, we, 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 I've mentioned it kind of beforehand, and yeah, I, I, I don't. Again, I'm not going to officially say, but okay, it, all right. It would not be a surprise who it's going to be. People could put two and two together. Yeah. So, um, and, and you're and you're also picking the the, the boys mm-hmm. lacrosse team. Um, John's handling John Cannon's handling softball and girls lacrosse, and I have tennis and track and field. So, uh, so coordinating photos is always a logistical <laughs> challenge because people say, "Why isn't this in the paper? When's it coming out? When's it coming out?" And it's not a good answer, but our answer is always always is as soon as we can get it out. I mean, we, we don't know for sure because it depends on the schedules of others in terms of getting pictures and and just making decisions and getting people on the phone and, and stuff like that. So it seems like an easy process, but it, it's fraught with uh, complications. Um, uh, where do things stand with the Little League baseball scene? Uh, we're in what, like, mid-season tournaments uh here have we, have we have we started we haven't started like postseason tournaments yet right no so we we just had the dist- uh, the two main district two tournaments uh which covers frederick and montgomery counties and i guess i think a little bit of carroll county as well um and that was the dave fogel uh, memorial tournament which was won by a team from montgomery county and then the Greg Quetowit uh, Tournament of Champions, which was won for the third straight year by a team from Brunswick, the uh, Brunswick Railroaders Little League. They won that on Monday night. Uh, and so now this is when they're going to start to transition into their postseason tournaments, um, like the eight, the eight through tens. The I think believe it's eight through ten is first, then nine through eleven, then like the main mainline Little League, uh, ten through twelve, like the one that everybody knows, uh, is going to be. I, th- I believe that starts in mid July. Uh, the the district tournament for that, then it's the state tournament, which is in Easton this year, uh, and then the regional tournament uh, if they you know go beyond that uh, in Connecticut, and then lastly, of course, the Little League World Series in August. Yeah, in and, and those are like all star tournaments, right? For for these various little leagues, they put their all star teams together, and then they compete in in what essentially is the road to little, the Little League World Series. Yeah, correct. So the the uh, these these teams are not in a lot of cases have not been together the entire season they're just the best players from their league right thrown together they get a couple weeks to sort of you know figure figure it out and then and then they go on um there are you know of course there are exceptions right like you know some leagues may just have one team that's so strong that that's effectively their all-star team and they're the ones that are going to be representing them but usually it is just a you know combination of the best players within the league Right. I'll also have American Legion baseball going on, and Frederick Post Eleven uh, is pretty good again. Yeah they they had a they had a fair amount of turnover. Uh, I believe they lost twelve of their eighteen or nineteen players from last year. So you know, pretty uh, a state championship uh, team, state champion and regional uh, finalist, uh, which is the furthest a uh, Frederick uh, Frederick based team had gone. Um, uh, in the in the Legion tournament, I believe ever uh, or tied, I think. For the furthest they'd gone, so they had a lot to replace, and they're they're pretty soundly beating everybody so far again this year. I believe they're undefeated, and most of their wins have been you know lopsided or mercy rule victories. Uh, so they're they're looking to they're looking to sort of you know defend their title once again on their home field because McCurdy is going to be hosting the state tournament at the end of July again, uh, and then 
So that means they are. It means uh, Frederick's already. Uh, they're already in the state tournament because as the host, they get an automatic bid. So. But but it would seem like they're like sort of the favorites, right? I I mean, I guess at this point, which I which is what I, I know we were talking about this when I went to see them at the beginning of the season. I was like, they looked good in the game. I saw them, but I was like, they also have, you know, uh, so much, so many new faces that like, how is it all going to mesh? But it seems like they've not really skipped a beat which is which which is you know pretty good for them yeah i mean it's more or less again similar to the little league it's sort of like an all high, a high school all-star team to some degree right you yeah and, and so each uh each team is composed of uh there's like a certain geographic area they cover and so post 11 i believe is uh frederick uh, thomas johnson tuscarora some of brunswick territory and i think like some of Oakdale and Walkersville a little bit it's it's not it's like the lines are not exactly clear um because it's like I know at least I know at least I think for Oakdale it's like some of Oakdale's uh territory falls within post 11's jurisdiction and some of Oakdale's territories I think with like the Mount Airy post or something so it, 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 it's a little bit unclear but it, it but it's th- this is the one that's primarily around you know primarily in and around the city of Frederick um but yeah, it's usually like the best players who, I guess, are not really you know not on other teams or not not you know not competing, uh, or in some cases I guess competing too with travel teams. But like this is like a local sort of the local option uh, yeah. for the summer. How's your summer going, sir? I mean, I, I know you're looking forward to your, your big West Coast trip at, at the end of July, uh, start of August. Um, uh, you're heading out to Southern California, um, but things going well. Otherwise, I mean, do you, do you like the sort of the lazy pace of the summer or things sneak up on you or do you like the hustle and bustle of of, of, of the season do you have a preference in, in a sense i almost like the hustle and bustle of the season better because i i i always have it's like i always know that there's going to be something coming up and i can figure out something to do right because that's part of the challenge of the summer is you've got to start really digging deep to find you know, to find stories. And it's been fortunate that these first few weeks, um, like I kind of remember this last year too, the first few weeks, there's still a couple, you know, there's still a couple things that, that come up and like, um, you know, or ideas that you, that you've maybe banked, uh, for a few months and you're getting to them now. But when you kind of get into like the, the, the depths of July and like early August, when, when there's really just nothing happening and there's not, and you've run out of your story ideas. That's when it can really start to drag. But but, but you can't be surprised because it, it was a couple of Fridays ago that um, I believe it was the day that Trey got promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delaney Reef was named the Maryland Gatorade Softball Player of the Year. Yes, I think Lindsay Windsor was named. She she of uh, Walkersville Softball mm-hmm. uh, won some award. Yeah, she was named the Division Three Softball National Player of the Year. Uh, she played at a Salisbury. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so stuff sneaks up on you because mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have this day where you think, "Man, I w- what's what's going on?" And then all of a sudden you have like too much going mm-hmm. on. Uh, all, all, all of a sudden, and that was one of those days. Right. It's like it's like can't you just spread the news out a little bit? Right. <laughs> like yeah, throws a bow. Yeah, because we need local content for we try and get something local in the paper every day, and when it all happens at once, and then you have another day where nothing is happening, it it, it becomes a bit of a logistical challenge, but. Things generally work out in the end, even if it doesn't work out as conveniently as, as we all hope it does. So thank you, sir, uh, as always, for coming in. And when we come back, we'll talk to uh, William SK, a little richer, uh, after his Newtown Pride team won the soccer tournament. Uh, that's next here on The Final Score.
My guest this week recently played for the winning team in the soccer tournament, a $1 million 32-team World Cup-style event in Cary, North Carolina. Prior to that, he starred for Urbana High School, FC Frederick, and the College of William & Mary, and he currently plays midfield for the St. Louis Ambush in Major Arena Soccer League. It's my pleasure to welcome onto the program Mr. William S.K. William, William, how are you, sir? Thanks for being here. Uh, doing great. Happy to be here. Uh, so have you made any extravagant purchases so far with the with, uh, share of uh, your $1 million prize? Nothing so extravagant, although I've been waiting to upgrade my Mac for two or three years, and the timing finally felt right to do that. So we did upgrade the computer, but that's about it. Yeah, you have to splurge a little bit, right? Yeah, I figure you get one splurge purchase, and then you can uh, try to be a little smarter with the rest of it. Uh, but, but, but I mean, life has been rolling for you uh, lately, right? You, you, you got married recently. Uh, you were on this winning team. So, so uh, things are, things are good right now. Correct. Yeah. Li life's been uh, pretty amazing. So this has been a funny three, four uh, weeks. Actually, it might even be up to like a month and a half at this point. But so most people probably never have appeared in their life like this, but here's what happened with me. My, my professional season ended I immediately went to a bachelor party with all my closest friends. Where'd you guys go for that? Uh, Panama City Beach. Nice. Uh, seemed to be the most central uh, place to get all of my close friends and family together because we're kind of spread out these days. Um, yeah, your, your, bro your brother's in Atlanta, right? Jackson's in Atlanta. That's right. My oldest brother's in Atlanta. Uh, my youngest brother is in uh, South Carolina or sometimes in Frederick when uh, he's at a school. And then uh, got friends kind of all up and down the East Coast, uh, guys in in Utah and in all sorts of places. So, so you did the you did the bachelor party, and then uh, it was right to, right to the wedding, right? And early yeah, May. that's right. Uh, bachelor party right to the wedding, and then right to Hawaii for ten days, and then right back to Frederick County to celebrate uh, my sister's graduation, and then right to a tournament to win a million dollars. So it's been nonstop for me for like quite a while now and you were you were telling me for, for the feature story that ran in the paper some of you may have seen it that you you your honeymoon wasn't a true honeymoon i mean you were training on your on your honeymoon in hawaii <laughs> yes well i'll say for me it was a true honeymoon so i mean i think uh, right a perfect day for me involves uh some amount of workout or physical activity anyways and so some of my workouts may have been you know five or six mile hike through hawaii which Actually, it's less of a workout. I mean, you're ending up in waterfalls and seeing some of the most amazing views. What what, what uh, island were you on, by the way? So we went to two. We went to Kauai and Maui. Um, and for me, the the hiking and activity stuff in, in Kauai was uh, more enjoyable, just a little more um, off the grid. And so it felt like a true did, sort of did you do the Did you do the Nepali coast there? Uh, because my, my, yeah. my, my, my uncle has a timeshare out in Kauai. So I've been there and it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did the Nepali coast. I mean, that was the best thing we did. We were in Hawaii for 10 days. That was the coolest thing we did. I mean, the Nepali coast is insane. I know they filmed Jurassic Park there and it feels like that. I mean, those cliffs are just enormous and so kind of visually stunning and then there's like hundreds of dolphins spinner dolphins jumping out of the water around you and you know beautiful clear water i mean that that nepali coast tour that we did was about five or six hours long it was just like 
coolest thing I've ever done. And it's sort of like a red clay trail. I mean, even the trail has its own unique uh, color and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Kauai at parts feels almost like a rainforest. It's so uh, like kind of dense with vegetation and stuff, which I was surprised for like an island, I guess. Right. So, so it's been a whirlwind for you. I mean, you, you've, been, you've been doing a lot over these past couple of months in, in what supposedly is allegedly your, your off season. So, Yeah, right, right. Well, in, in these days, my off season is uh, never truly kind of an off season just because the futsal national team, uh, they get together in the summer because that's when most guys uh, are sort of off their uh, indoor plane or some of their more uh some guys are playing over in europe so that's when most guys are off so it that, that's been keeping me busy the last year and in this year just doing stuff with the futsal national team uh, and for those that don't know you are a futsal world champion aren't you so no we we won a tournament with our futsal team in europe uh that there was some internet it was international games but it wasn't uh the world cup or anything like that um the okay. world cup happens 2024 i believe and, so coming up and you, you'll, you'll be playing uh in, in that hopefully hopefully and so the tournament i went in i was in a group of about 15 16 guys so i made that pool and had played well but that those kind of teams uh i'm not a veteran in that group and so i'm not it's necessarily someone who's just a guarantee no matter what that i'm in there you know at these all these different events i always sort of have to perform to make sure i'm uh, I mean, everyone does, but I'm not, I'm not so locked in with that group that I can just show up and be a part of it. So I really still have to kind of prove myself as we, uh, approach the CONCACAF, uh, and world cup qualifiers and things like that. Yeah. Give the listeners a cliff notes version of what futsal is. Yeah. So it's, uh, four field players and a goalie on a court that, uh, is slightly bigger than like a full size NBA basketball court. Uh, so slightly bigger than that four guys and a goalie um hard ball that doesn't bounce much and is a little uh smaller um and that, i mean that's about it other than that i mean it's it's the most popular sport in the world it's actually more popular than soccer and like brazil and argentina and all these places which i just found out but in some sense it's not that surprising just because it's a more accessible way to play for people um but that's about all there is to it i mean that you play four quarters uh so it's got a little bit of a basketball feel you know you're usually playing some type of man-to-man defense as well which gives it a different feel than an 11 aside soccer game and, and how long uh, are the games man so i want to say it's it there's 60 minutes four 15 minute quarters although there is some sometimes where the the time is stopping and things like that uh, futsal i mean it sounds like a cool game but it sounds like soccer's version of like pickleball uh, you know you have like tennis and pickleball uh, and fut- futsal seems just like a scaled down version of, of soccer uh, in, in a confined space in a lot of ways I, I would i would say that uh in terms of like recreational play that's not a bad analogy but the the difference being like most every best player in the world for soccer has a huge background in futsal until they're like 13 or 14. Okay. Those countries, those, when those kids grow up, they play futsal until like 11, 12, 13. And then you decide, are you going to be a futsal player or an outdoor player? Um, and so a little different, you would never have a pickleball player be a tennis star, but you know, Ronaldo and Messi and these guys played futsal until they're 14. They're, that, that, yeah. That, that, it's good uh, to, to make that distinction there. So um, tell us about the soccer tournament. I mean, they've done it before with the basketball tournament, this group, but, uh, 
tell us what the soccer tournament uh, was and how you became involved with it. Yeah, uh, so they when they announced this, I don't think anyone really knew uh, what the event was going to be like. Um, actually, when they announced it, I didn't even realize it was connected to the basketball tournament, although I didn't know what that was. But people kind of just were like thinking, did you hear Clint Dempsey's hosting a tournament where a winner gets a million dollars? You know, that was kind of all that it was. And then as we got closer to the tournament and people saw the sort of media engine and the venue and then some of these teams that were being in it that were joining then it became clear like what the event was going to be because people host cash tournaments around the country all the time and they're they're never really like uh this is a pro tournament whereas this million dollar tournament uh certainly everyone was a pro or was a pro you know everyone is currently a pro or was a pro that was playing in it and so the state the stakes were kind of a lot higher. Um, and, and a lot of the games were on TV, national TV, right? Including the championship game that you guys won. Yeah. I mean, Peacock, I know, uh, I think paid quite a bit of money for the rights to stream a lot of that stuff. And they didn't even get to stream every single game. Uh, and then, yeah, some of the uh, the final and a few of those bigger games were on maybe like NBC or CNBC or something uh, like uh, that. Yeah, I think like CNBC carried the final or something like that. So um... Yeah, so definitely, definitely nationally streamed. And I know like a lot of people watched that and then texted me and said something like, I didn't know you were playing in this. <laughs> right, I, I was, I was going to say, what sort of reaction did you get from being on uh, a national platform like that? Um, it was really cool. I mean, a lot of it came after the fact um it seemed like the media was ramping up while the tournament was happening and then after it ended it seemed like the coverage of it continued to expand for like a week or two and so people kind of started to catch wind of it uh, after the whole thing was over as well um but what i got was i got a lot of text of we watched every game i didn't want to text you to jinx it kind of thing uh, <laughs> yeah because you have a financial stake in this like uh the person doesn't want to cost you a lot of money right so they didn't want to jinx it and then there was a lot of people who after each game were just like this is awesome uh you know i'm having so much fun watching it um uh, nice job and then when you when you win and post it on social media and stuff you know there's everyone who sees it is excited for you and, and happy to reach out and tell you they they need a little change and whatever <laughs> because it is winner take all i mean uh, i mean if you don't win uh, it's like thanks for your efforts right yeah that that's yeah that's pretty much it which is yeah it's it's funny because going into it you don't expect to win anything at all right because it's there's one team that walks away with it but then two or three games out guys on my team are kind of counting their money, you know, because we're starting to feel like we're probably going to win just based on how dominant we were those last couple games. Yeah. I mean, the only game you guys lost uh, was the kingdom FC. And uh, this was the first match of the group stage. And this was a world cup style tournament. So you had, and this was all spread out over, uh, over four days. So you, you crammed a lot of uh, soccer in, 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 into four days down there in uh, Cary, North Carolina. So there's a group stage. You have to be in the top two in your group, right, to get out. Yep. And then yep, you go, that's how it and, works. and then you go to the knockout round, uh, and then it, it just proceeds from there. Uh, I think 16 teams make the knockout round. You so you, you so you have to get out of the group stage and then win four more matches uh, after that. So it's seven matches over four days. How were the legs feeling after after four days of this soccer tournament? Uh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> they were feeling terrible it's just because it's really no recovery at all uh you know one of the things that you try to sleep 
the only real way you can like recover after that kind of volume is to sleep a lot and get a lot of calories in. But because you're playing two games a day, it's hard to get one sleep and calories in the middle of the day, because if you eat too much, then you're feeling terrible for the second game. And then after the second game, they're later in the day. And so uh, guys are so amped up with adrenaline. You don't, you can't get to sleep until like 11 or 12 at night anyways. Uh, so by the end of it, and I'm sure our legs were feeling better than most of the other teams, but it took me a bit, probably a full week after that tournament uh, for me to feel like I was back to kind of baseline. I mean, my legs were just totally destroyed. Right. <laughs> So, so you played for the Newtown Pride. Uh, you guys outscored the opposition over the seven games, twenty-five to four. So that shows how dominant you guys were. You won, you won the final uh, two to nothing. You weren't even scored upon in the championship match. Um, but the first game you played in the group stage was against Kingdom FC. It's the only game you lost, and you happen to know someone on the uh, Kingdom FC squad because that is your older brother, the aforementioned Jackson SK. How did? you and your brother wind up facing each other in the first group match. I mean, in this national 32 team tournament, what were the odds of that? Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, that felt, that felt totally random. I mean, we were both texting uh, beforehand, just talking about how it's funny that we're playing in the tournament on different teams anyways. And then the schedule came out and we're like, Oh my gosh, we're in the same group. And then the schedule came out with the game time. We're like, okay. So the first game of this tournament, I'm playing the one guy who I've played against a thousand times growing up. Um, and then, you know, the story of that is you, it's just impossible to beat your older brother in anything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so why, was, why, why is that? That's, that's a good question. I mean, I think that you got to tap into a more uh, mystical, spiritual uh, type of knowledge to figure out what the problem is with that. But even with pickup basketball, uh, or, you know, long games for whatever reason, once the game gets tight, uh, the universe just likes to give the nod to the older brother. Yeah. I mean, the, the soccer gods weren't just going to, they weren't going to let it happen. Uh, it, it seems because you guys were, yeah. I mean, you guys didn't have a problem the rest of the way. I think you won your second game, like eight to nothing or like you, like you guys took off right after that, right after that match. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, the only other factor that happened then is, is the MVP of the tournament. Kelvin Nunes, who's on our team, he didn't play that first game. He was in stuck in some uh, travel issues coming from Brazil. Uh, and so he got there the second game and, you know, he was uh, the MVP of the tournament. So a really big help for our team. So that's the other piece that did change after that first game is probably our best player uh showed up and okay and so you, oh, all right so that explains it like it wasn't the soccer gods it was just you guys were without your best player in in that first game because because i'm not sure the soccer gods could have interceded if you had your best player right it's possible but to be fair we out, i thought we outplayed him in the first game and and i think the team got in sync more you know the, the, like when we played indiana uh kelvin wasn't like super effective or on the ball a lot and you know our other guys that were playing in his role, like the number nine role, scored a ton of goals and were super effective as well. Um, but I think it just in terms of the stretch of games, like, yeah, he he was insanely helpful and a really, really high-level guy. Uh, let, let, let's back up for a second here. Like, how did you become a part of this Newtown uh, Pride team? Like, you, you knew the coach, right? Yeah, so uh, the coach is uh, quite a – not so much, but he's, he's older than me and, and been a, a pro for a long time and been in the indoor league for quite a while. And he's, he 
actually I thought about, I think, playing in the tournament, but he had gotten injured near the end of our indoor season. Um, so he's an indoor player, plays he, for the Baltimore Blast. Yeah, like people in this area might know him. He's uh, Thomas uh, Obasi. Right, yeah, Thomas Obasi. So he plays for the Baltimore Blast. He's played for a couple of teams. Um, he got injured, and, just, and he's been a, a part of this Newtown uh, group for a while and, and always been in a veteran role. And so he seemed like kind of the guy to – coach the group uh and he's a bit of a fanatic in terms of soccer like he's very interested in one of those guys that watches every single game and just kind of tracks players in his own on his own uh and so he had a really good gauge about which pieces he needed to build the team and, and he basically reached out to every guy and and uh built a team that ended up having some really nice chemistry uh so yeah and he and then his coaching style was you know ended up being perfect uh it was just very simple and he's he's not super in your face and dominant in terms of forcing how you're going to play uh but the play style he was looking for was very simple and clear and so if you started to sway out of that everyone's kind of going what are you doing you know and so those first couple of games guys test the boundaries a little they don't necessarily get ripped but it's more of a we talk about this like you're a pro like be better and then that stuff sort of started to click uh really well by the end of it yeah i mean obasi had seen you play like he keeps a huge database he told me on his computer of, of just clips and players that he likes and he revisits them from time to time and he it's basically this encyclopedia of soccer that, that he keeps of, of, of all these different players and uh he he, he liked you and, and, and watching you play but but first of all clear this up like the first time you faced off against obasi in the masl he claims that you fouled him. Can you confirm or deny that uh, that uh, accusation? It, it's possible, actually. I bet you a lot of guys have that same exact story. Uh, I usually will foul someone the first time I see him because, um, well, one, I, I I just am a very intense defensive guy when I'm playing, and part of defending is reading the guy a little bit, so if your plan is to go into intense hard tackles, but you don't know the player yet, they might trick you the first time. And so I go into a tackle and he might, he probably beat me, but I'm going in for a tackle anyways. And so I just got his leg or whatever it was. I'm sure that's the case. He, actually, Stefan Miatovich on my team, I know has that exact same story. Uh, but so once I get to know you better, I'll still bring the intensity, but it's probably not as easy for you to uh, throw me off with a little bit of trickery or one B one. And so I'm not fouling you. I, I ideally, I mean, that, that is your signature introduction. It sounds like a, a, a foul to start things off. I mean, I, I still start a lot of games in the MASO like that. Uh, it's not a bad way to start. Just let everybody know. It's, it's about letting everyone know that no matter what, today's not going to be easy for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you're uh, playing better than me, it's not going to be easy. And it might even be painful. <laughs> You set the tone and you send an early message, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so you, 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 you foul Obasi, you meet him, but, but he likes the way you play. And, and what, he just reached out to you and said, hey, do you want to be a part of this uh, tournament that you're, uh, that you're trying to join? Yeah, I mean, and there was a bit of persuasion. Because like I said, when we first heard about this, I wasn't necessarily convinced that this is something I want to be a part of. Uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm a guy under contract. And anytime you're putting yourself out there in these tournaments, I mean, you're it's, you can get injured and then that can affect your career. And uh, so there was a bit of persuasion in terms of he's reaching out. I'm like, yeah, it sounds great. I don't know if I'll be available. Like I'm, you know, I'm busy in summers, yada, yada. Uh, and then as it became clear what exactly the event was, 
and he had been on me about uh, just saying, hey, I think you'd be you're kind of critical to how we want to play in our style for this tournament. Uh, you know, I was definitely convinced. And, and once I saw the scale of the tournament, you know, I was really happy with the choice. Basically, I wasn't necessarily looking for other teams, but I was sort of like, I don't know if this is a worthwhile event. And once that became clear, it was like really easy to decide to play for the Newtown guys. Yeah, I mean, you felt your Newtown team had some real advantages in this tournament. Uh, the way you played, the way the team was constructed. Just explain what advantages you guys had. Yeah, so um, two really simple ones that are just we're just kind of operating in the background. One was we all showed up a week early and we trained for a week. Uh, so general fitness and just we had a system to play which is huge doesn't like it doesn't have to be the best system but we definitely had a system which some teams didn't develop that until later in their third or fourth game so that's one advantage the second advantage is how uh indoor players sub and it's every one to two minutes like a hockey style you get in and get off the field um and that's it's important both in the game you're always ready to sprint. You know, there's never a time when you can't go full speed sprint because you probably just came on the field. And then the other advantage is over the course of four days, you're way fresher because you're not ever getting in the red zone in your games for long periods of time. Uh, so those are the two sort of very basic uh, advantages. And then a couple more unique ones are things like the target time. When guys start coming off the field uh, in indoor you can get uh, penalties where guys are, you have to remove a player from the field. And so you're either playing a man up or a man down. And then at the end of a lot of games, if a team is losing, they always pull the goalie up the field and play uh, 6v5 uh, or called sixth attacker. And so in target time, that happened all the time. And we knew it was going to happen. So our Paolo, I thought was the best goalie in the tournament, uh, has really, really good feet. He could be a field player. So we're bringing Paolo up and we're playing a man up in this target time. And we knew exactly what to do and have a ton of experience. And there's a, it's there's some specific ways you defend in that shape. And we also had experience there. And so target time was never a question for us. If we were winning in target time, which we were every game, all we had to do is score one goal. It's like you guys can even score on us. But once we get possession, we'll score one time. And that's going to be the end of it. Um, and so that was a, a huge advantage for us. And there's a couple of other indoor style teams that got into that time and had big, big comebacks uh, just from experience, knowing how to do power plays. Uh, did you get, did you guys quickly realize what sort of advantages do you had and start to think like, Hey, we're probably going to win this thing. Yeah. I mean, for sure by the game against the DMV team, I think when we played the Hoosiers, that was our, our third game in group stage. We felt it. It was like, look, was just a good performance. We were in sync then we play that DMV team who uh, had just like destroyed kind of one of the other big name indoor teams, uh, all the San Diego soccers who win the indoor league. A lot of times play on one team They played on the Valida team in, in the TST tournament. They got crushed by this DMV team. So we're thinking we're a little worried. We're going, okay, this team matched up against indoor, indoor players and did really well. Um, and they basically had no chance. It was four zero. I think they connected like eight passes uh and that's when it was clear that it was just like whatever style we're playing uh isn't compatible with a lot of these other teams and they haven't figured out how to deal with it i mean some of this stuff seems like basic stuff like show up early to train sub frequently like why do you think more teams weren't ready to do this type of st stuff um 
Well, because they were going to rely on a huge amount of experience. Like if, if you're a MLS all-star, MLS veteran, you assume you can go play center back on a seven aside field because you've done it in practice. But there's a bit of nuances to the game that you don't know. And, and you only realize once a team is crushing you that you go, oh, we're not really prepared for this. Uh, like one of those is playing man-to-man defense. I mean, we played man-to-man defense the whole tournament. And so if you're not doing that, it's really easy for us to break you down uh, in a seven-a-side game. And that was like half of it for a lot of these teams. They didn't even play the proper defense. Well, were, were most teams just showing up for this thing and just playing their first game? Like no no, no other teams besides you guys were showing up early to train? So everyone, everyone showed up at least a day or two early to train, okay. not necessarily the full week um, because the tournament had opened those fields up for every team to get on it uh, and train before the tournament. But yeah, I think a lot of these guys were sort of relying on just uh, quality of players and experience and to be able to come together and play in a seven-side tournament. I mean, which even if we did that, it could have worked out as well. Uh and I think credit to the Newtown guys, they sort of had this idea from the start that like, if we do this, we'll probably win. You know, they kind of had that idea. It took me a second to believe it, but you know, they ended up being right in, in that sort of analysis. Uh, and Obasi, I guess, deserves a lot of credit for putting the team together the way that he did. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I don't, I don't think anyone would, I don't think, I don't know anyone else who would have picked the same set of guys he did. Everyone had a couple different ideas. Um, and so, yeah, definitely credit to him. I mean, one of the things that uh, we noticed is he picked a great mix of very good athletes and very technical small-sided players. You know, it was a pure mix of those two, um, which you can get caught up in kind of uh, having a lot of the same type of player if you go, okay, small technical guys are good in small spaces. And you get out every one of those guys is the same player then you have holes in your defense and things like that. So, yeah, he had some good insight in terms of uh, the variety of guys he was able to pick out. All right, so you guys are rolling uh, into the June 4th final. Um, You're facing off against the Canadian team, SLCFC. But still going into this game, there's a million dollars on the line. Like, what was the mindset going into the final? And just how are you guys feeling generally going into that match? Yeah, I think think we knew we were – the favorites we knew we were better than them just because we watched them play um and i i thought they sort of snuck through on their semifinal game uh i think they're playing against blade and grass uh i can't remember for sure i think they're playing i can't remember what team they're playing but i believe they snuck through a little bit it was a really tight game or maybe they beat sala um but it's a finals and so it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't matter anything can happen in a finals and so i think that was the tension in the game was like you know, we were hitting posts over and over again, and we were clearly dominating the game, but we never uh, kind of took off. It was always close. It went into target time, maybe 2-0, uh, I think, and then they scored in target time. Um, and so, yeah, I think everyone was nervous. I was definitely uh, nervous, not necessarily because of the ability of the other guys, but just because of the stakes. And it's one of those things where uh, – in, only, in one game, any team can win over a 10-game series. Probably we win nine of them, you know. Um, and, yeah, so that's why that that ending goal, you're just waiting for it. You're like, it's it's got to happen. It's going to happen, right? Hopefully we're going to win. Who knows? And then finally that ball rolls over the line, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Two weeks, seven days of straight games, 
finally like it's over we did it you know that feeling was just so incredible yeah i was gonna ask you how you felt after the match but before the match were you guys like hey this could be a major life-changing moment for us yeah i mean yeah absolutely uh i guess the only thing with that is we're everyone was sort of talking like that the whole tournament you know our coaches like they think you guys are coming to play in this tournament. Like you guys are coming to win the tournament. You know, everyone, the kind of, uh, the energy was like that all tournament. Like we're here to win. We're here to win. And so it was more like we've done everything we said we're going to do. Like today's the day, you know, lock in, uh, focus on the game. And then when, once you're warming up, I mean, your mind is clear. You're just getting ready. You know, there's no, you, there's no really thoughts about the stakes and things like that. You're just there to play once you start warming up. And they had a big check for you after you won two to nothing. They had a big check that you got to, to pose with and um, everything like that, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I always wonder what that would feel like. Uh, and if anyone's wondering, it felt pretty cool. <laughs> it was really a cool feeling holding that giant check and getting pictures with it and the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we won't say exactly what you came uh, away with, but roughly half the money, five hundred grand, uh, was divided evenly among the eighteen players, so uh, people could do the math from there. And the other half uh, went to support the team. Uh, the team has several charitable causes uh, in the Newtown, Connecticut area. So, so, so that was pretty nice. Uh, that was pretty nice that. Um, the, some of the money went to that but i mean for what you came away with it, it, it's a pretty good payday for four days of work albeit very intense work right yeah yeah i don't i don't think anyone would argue with that and uh you know none of the players were sort of on the hook for any expenses right newtown is newtown is on the hook for a lot of expenses for taking care of the players and, and bringing guys out doing their travel making sure we have a place to stay and, and have nutrition and food and stuff like that and so if anything, uh, you know, we could have lost every game and would have been a pretty sweet soccer vacation for all the players anyways. Uh, and so, yeah, coming away with that, with also this huge bonus was, uh, yeah, phenomenal. It comes in handy as a newlywed too, right? Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. Turns out weddings and honeymoons are not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who would have thunk? So, so, so you, so some of it went to to cover some of that. You, you splurged on a MacBook. Uh, any other plans for the money right now? Uh, just gonna let it grow in the bank a little bit. I, I, I take it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. I, so I'm, I'm doing a lot uh, in St. Louis in terms of uh, building uh, soccer futsal clubs and, and and starting with growing soccer clubs here. Um, and we have a house, and we're improving the house and things like that. So I, I've never been a, a, a very flashy person. I think I probably, uh, I mean, no one in my family really has, maybe that's from growing up in Frederick, who knows, but uh, it, it just seems like you got soccer. I got a wife. I, I drive a car, you know, like, I don't really know what else I need. And so uh, I think getting a check like that is just sort of like uh another nice step in life and if you make good decisions with it then uh, life continues to get, get easier and that sort of thing yeah well hey william we're running short on time man we're gonna get cut off here in a minute uh, here on zoom but but thanks again for doing this uh, congratulations on all your recent success and if i ever need a loan can i hit you up you can you can no guarantees i'll respond <laughs> okay yeah that, but we'll, that, that, uh, that, that'll be the text or the phone call that you ignore is, 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 is <laughs> when, when i come calling asking for money so 
Exactly. Well, you have to call my wife. Uh, now she's a lawyer, so first thing first, I gave her the check, and you know the rest really is out of my yeah. I'm, I'm not your 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 brother's a lawyer, your wife is a lawyer. I am not messing with you, man, because 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 you'll because you'll be ready if if uh, trouble comes to calling. So. Uh, right on. But, but but thanks thanks again for jumping on the pod, William, and uh, best of luck to you uh, uh, all summer and then next season with the, with the ambush. Um, so that, right on. Well, <clears throat> thank you. And uh, if if I can take twenty seconds on this, because my yeah. my dad's gonna kill me if I don't. Uh, he keeps reminding me that I'm not, I'm not mentioning the soccer club I started with uh, in Frederick FC Frederick, and you know obviously I owe. My whole soccer career to that, that club and, and both of my brothers do as well. And a lot of the good players in the Frederick area will stay the same. Um, and, you know, for anyone who wants to be on the path to win a million dollars when they're older, uh, FC Frederick's the place to be. Yeah, well, we, we might have uh, Jeff, um, Jeff on, who's the, who's the president, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. Cause they, have a, they have a lot of teams doing big things uh, for FC Frederick, as, as I'm sure you're aware of. So, uh, right but, 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 but thanks, man. All, all, all the best going forward. Awesome. Thank you. All right, that will do it for us this week here on The Final Score. My thanks to Alexander Dacey and producer Graham Cullen. Uh, Chuck Foreman, the Frederick High legend and Minnesota Vikings legend, will be our guest next week. Very much looking forward to that. Until then, have a great week, everyone, and you've been listening to The Final Score Podcast. (laughs) 